Today's episode of In the Trenches is brought to you by System 12 Guitar Method. Sign up today at RyanRoxy.com. In the Trenches with Ryan Roxy. Hello, 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 and welcome to another live stream episode of In the Trenches. I am your host, Ryan Roxy. You know the drill, folks. You know the drill by this point. Uh, welcome, by the way, uh, to a hotel room somewhere in uh, lost in America. That's one of those Alice Cooper songs that you guys all love and enjoy and are not hearing on this tour. But we have played it with our guest today, which I'm going to talk a lot about the grand old days. But of course, there's a lot to talk about uh, with our guest these days and everything that he he's got going on. So let me get all this business out of the way, first of all. Um, you know, if you are listening to us on one of those audio broadcasts, thank you very much for doing that. But hit that subscribe button that Vic, our producer, just put up right before I put my finger down. Let's do it again, Vic, just so everyone can see it. There it is. Hit that subscribe button right there. And you too can be part of our YouTube official, Ryan Roxy official YouTube channel, which has the live chat. And I see our live chat audience, our faithful RGA members are there. They're enjoying it. Thank you for showing them day in, week in, week out. I appreciate it. And, uh, uh, yeah, we're on tour right now. So that's what you, you're not seeing the studio. You're seeing hotel rooms. This is not, this is actually a real hotel room. No green screen behind me. And you'll only see that if you go onto our Ryan Roxy official YouTube channel. So let's start it off, shall we? And my voice is a little sultry. I got road voice right now. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. See, see, can you tell who our guest is just by the sound of his laugh? Hold on one second. The Alice Cooper family is a bit like the mafia. Once you're in, you're in for life. And I'm proud to have played alongside our guests today in more than a few tours of duty with the Coop. But we're not only here to talk about the, the uh, Alice Cooper days, we're also here to dive into many other bands that he's been in and been a, an important part of. Bands such as Thin Lizzy, Leonard Skinner, as well as his own band, Brother Kane, along with a host of others. So would you please welcome Into the Trenches today, for us to talk all things rock and roll, guitarist, singer-songwriter, and Alice Cooper bandmate, Damon Johnson. Hello, Damon. Wow. Ooh. Roxy, I am How humbled by that introduction. <laughs> yeah. What a soliloquy, man. Sometimes I just have a br I, I take one deep breath and just go. Just, <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, let me, let me say, it is really good to see you. I was talking to your folks uh before we started i said it's funny how in these days that musician friends have to do a podcast together just to visit and say hello and catch up and how are you doing and you know that is true that is true and if, this is better than any sort of facebook messaging or text because we get to do it face to face. We have an audience that that uh, is watching, and I get to find out all these cool things that you're, you know, that you're up to. And part uh, of the credit has to go to all the people that follow you because we have a section of the show called "Let the People Speak," where they send in questions for you. And I found out a couple of things that you're doing that I wasn't, you know immediately aware of i mean sometimes i get it from the chuck garrick you know gossip circle sewing circle that we have of what you're doing but but first and foremost i mean how fucking incredible is it that you're playing in a band now currently leonard skinnard that was pretty much your childhood 
fantasy band. It'd be like me playing in Cheap Trick. What I mean is—is is that kind of the equivalent? That's the perfect equivalent, Ryan. Um, you know, man, this whole thing is—I guess it's about six months old now, and I—it still f- kind of flips me out. I—I I can't believe it. And let's be honest, man. I thought that after playing in the Alice Cooper band and playing in Thin Lizzy. That I, yeah. that I had that I had used up all of my childhood <laughs> hero band magic dust like you don't get any more tokens Damon that's yeah. enough oh Alice man Cooper. it must have been a genie that you rubbed the bot you rubbed the lantern <laughs> because you got three wishes and you it's, got all three of them that's it's incredible man um it's funny because uh an old friend was pointing out recently he's like man every interview you've ever given from the early brother Kane days when they asked the generic question about influences, you would always say Leonard Skinner and thin Lizzie every time you may have also said Aerosmith or cheap trick or Zeppelin or whatever, but Absolutely. I love it's, it. it's nuts, Ryan. I'm really, really it, grateful. Does it feel a little bit surreal to be in those, in those shoes in those, well, are they boots? Are, is it standard issue boots or, or boots. what do you have? <laughs> My nicest pair of cowboy boots. Uh, that's that's what I'm wearing. Yeah, it's surreal, Ryan. Uh, I don't. There's no other way to to describe it. Um, you know, I've I've kind of been able to weave in and out of the Skinner story for a long time. When they had their 10 year anniversary, uh, it was 10 years after the plane crash, which would have been wow. the crash was in '77. So in '87, the night of that very sad anniversary, they played a concert in Birmingham. And I was there. I went to the show. And then six years later, Brother Kane did about 30 shows with Leonard Skinner. Um, So, you know, I got to meet Gary Rosington, uh, Johnny Van Zandt, Billy Powell, piano player, Leon Wilkinson was there. It was just crazy, you know. So and now I it's guess come full circle. You're you're playing right now alongside a lot of them every night, you know. And so um let me ask you something. I mean, that 77, that's a big year. It's a big, important year for me. I did. I was unaware of that plane crash happening as well as 77, because that was also the year Elvis passed away. It's also the year Mark Bolin passed. I mean, wow. I mean, there's a lot of monumental things. Plus, I mean, those are those are kind of sad things, but there's a lot of amazing things that came out. Obviously, the same year that, you know, so many great albums, first two Cheap Trick records came out, uh, you know, kiss love gun which basically that was a big album for me um same same queen news of the world so i mean there's with all the good there's bad so somewhere there is a balance but you mentioned something in there in between as your own band uh brother kane that you've been able to uh sort of have brother kane and leonard skinner both come back into your life and be a big part of it in the present so uh you know, what's, we're going to talk a little bit more about the origins of Brother Kane, but uh, how does it feel now to have the reboot of Brother Kane? And this, I honestly have to give credit out to Scott Lips. Uh, I know you know Scott Lips. And uh, what does it feel like to have this Brother Kane reboot? Well, it's still early days with all of that, Ryan. Um, it feels great. Uh, a lot of credit goes to my manager, Kevin. This was uh, it was kind of his idea. I've I've always said, Brother Kane, 
uh, you know, never say never. I've never said, oh, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm finished with that. I, you know, I've been doing my solo stuff. I've always played those songs and I'll, I'll forever play some of those songs, but he just, we felt like the timing could be good. You know, the, the exciting thing about the Leonard Skinner schedule, it's only going to be about 30 shows this year. So that frees up a plenty of time for me to be writing. And, um, you know, so right as it stands right now, there's, um, there's a big weekend coming in April, uh, the 21st in Joliet, Illinois, and then the 22nd in Milwaukee. That's where Brother Kane is going to perform, uh, nice. you know, for the first time in a long time. So it feels good, man. I mean, there's a little bit of a juggle with this calendar. You know about that as much of as Of course, juggling those calendars, man. You, you got your, you know, you're riding the coattails of one band, but you're actually fighting and, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, hanging in the trenches with the other. I get it. <laughs> I get it. Well, but the thing is, we had, just to be honest, full full disclosure, we had um, got no shame on in the dressing room as we were preparing for a show the other night. And the, Tommy was digging on it. He's like, man, that David Johnson, listen to that song. Listen wow. That song. Man, so you, and you got Chuck jumping around. You got Glenn playing air drums to it. So it was, it was a cool moment. And, and it was cool that we're able to hype ourselves up to and for a show with you know a bandmate of ours ryan that is so awesome that makes me so happy thank you for telling me about mm -hmm. that that's that's super flattering and and really cool really cool you know man i'll say this how for i always felt like i was super lucky that the very first song that was essentially you know damon johnson's uh, introduction to the world of rock music and radio and touring or whatever was a really balls to the wall, badass rock and <laughs> straight <laughs> rock, ahead. Straight ahead. There's no other way to describe it besides just straight ahead. And yeah. I mean, you know what? All this leads me of going back to get forward because I want to find out who those posters on the wall were and how the formation of this came around of uh, Brother came. But in order to do that, Vic, we have to go back to get forward. There you go. We got sound effects and everything. Damn it. It's a big full on. Wow. <laughs> Here we are with guitar singer songwriter Damon Johnson on the In the Trenches podcast. Again, if you are listening to us on audio broadcast, thank you very much. But uh, just hit that subscribe button here at the YouTube official channel, and uh, we'll get you sorted out in the live chat because I see a lot of people in the live chat today uh, enjoying the talk, enjoying just being around this uh, sort of community that we're building over here at In the Trenches. So you know what? I always thought. You know, there's a, there's a trilogy of great musicians. There's so many actually from Birmingham, Alabama, but the trilogy that I've been lucky enough to play with, that I've been lucky enough to experience life with uh, is Damon Johnson yourself, Buck Johnson, amazing singer, songwriter, uh, keyboard, keyboardist, vocalist, everything. And of course, the enigma, you know, and one of my favorite dudes on the planet, one of the best humans I know, Eric Dover. So, you weren't, though. You were born in Macon, Georgia. That's a little bit closer to Leonard Skinner territory. So you kind of almost are. Is it true that you're the first member of Leonard Skinner not to be born in, in Florida? <laughs> well, um, you know, I still I still always say, Ryan, I'm a part time. I'm a I'm a fill in member of Leonard Skinner. You know, we're all hoping that Gary Rosington is going to get fully recovered and can come back and play. 
But Absolutely. yes, you may be right. I may be the first uh, member musician to play in Skinner. Uh, I don't know. Michael Cardelloni, he's an Ohio boy. So Michael's from uh, from Cleveland and he's All been right. the He's been the drummer in Skinner, believe it or not, for 23 years. So that's he's the crazy. new guy. Yeah, yeah he's, he's probably the new guy. <laughs> but yeah, man, uh, my I was born in Macon, and I've always been proud of that, Ryan. Macon, Georgia is, is kind of considered the home of Southern Rock because of Capricorn Records. And uh, wow, look at that. There's, yeah. Cherry, there's Cherry Street and everything. So yeah, my dad's family was from over there. So yeah. Uh, that's a that's always been a source of great pride. The, the when did you make it over and you know to Birmingham, Alabama, and what the fuck is in the water over there? <laughs> well, uh, my family moved to a small town in South Alabama called Monroeville. That's where okay. I went to grade school. It's when I put my first garage band together. Look at that! You guys are killing it, man! Wow! Is that um, about the ninth grade? Is that is that basically? I mean. Were there cars? Was it electricity? <laughs> was everything coal-based? How did you play electric guitar? <laughs> that is the greatest man. You guys just you just won the blue ribbon for the coolest podcast I've ever done with that one picture of the downtown in Monroe. That, that's our um, soundbite, dude. That's our that, that's Vic Chalfont. Vic is killing it, man. Look at that oh. Barnet and Jackson hardware store. We lived across the street from that guy. Um, yeah, so Monroe was grade school falling in love with rock and roll, discovering Kiss and Rush and Kansas and playing trombone in the marching band. You were See the that? trombonist. I love it. I, I started off on trumpet, so I, I couldn't – I always thought the slide trombone, there's obviously something really sexy about it. There's something really, you know, <laughs> phallic, I guess, about it. But um, And then I switched to the drums in the marching band. But go back to that picture, if you can, Vic, uh, of, the, of Damon playing in the marching band. Yeah, I remember those hats, man. Look at those hats. Yeah, so that that was a interesting story, Ryan. I went to try out for the junior band in the seventh grade. I was going to play drums. That's it. Drums. I wanted to be the drummer. I practiced, you know, on the my notebook, all this stuff, drums, drums. I told everyone I'm going to play drums. I walked up to the stage for these tryouts. The band director, this really grouchy guy, Mr. Jackson. He's like, what's your name, kid? I said, Damon. He said, what instrument you want to play? I said, drums, please. He goes, drums, you say. He goes, and he hit a middle C on the piano. He goes, sing that note for me. He hits the note. I sang the note. He goes, that'll be fine. You're going to play trombone. Next. <laughs> wow. So he wanted someone with pitch, and you obviously had it. He wanted you know? somebody with pitch. And, Ryan, that was one little moment that was probably crucial to my future as a musician. So, uh, yeah, I always have to tell you know that. what we had a lot of guests on how, how in the hell does a slide trombone work its way to the guitar? Yeah. What's well, the transitioning point? Where, 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 you know, like where is the sort of, you know, a uh, gateway to that? Yeah. What was cool, bro, is my dad played a little guitar. His brother, my uncle, was a really great acoustic guitar player. So I grew, I got to grow up around that guy and he made it look effortless. That guitar that I'm playing in that photo you just showed, that was my very first garage band. That Fender Jazzmaster, that uncle gave me that guitar. Nice. And the incredible good fortune there was that thing was really worn and used 
It had light strings on it. The action was easy. It was so easy to play, Ryan. So I was able to kind of leapfrog over that difficult, you know, getting the calluses and hurting your fingers. So, you know, pretty quickly, man, we were learning to play, you know, taking care of business and Fool for the City by Fog Hat and uh, China Grove by the Doobie Brothers. That's what that's you know what's what that funny is. is that you're you're in uh, Alabama. I'm in California. And in our garage bands, we're playing the exact same songs. I'm telling you, uh, it was like uh, China Grove and E. Wow, wow, wicka, wicka, way E. Wicka. And, and did you did you do taking care of business in C? No, do, we did it. Do. We did it in D. In D. I oh, is that it's... is that the proper key? Because maybe I did it in C for my voice. Because I've never. You've always had a little bit higher range than me. But I thought it was in C. Oh well, that's what my guitar you, teacher tells me. You could be right. Yeah, we did taking care of business in D. Cat Scratch Fever in A, a. Yeah, that was yeah. easy. Sweet Home Alabama. D. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was that's the beauty of all of us that age, man. That was the zeitgeist moment of rock. Yeah. Look at that handsome dude with a busted grill and the Kiss necklace, looking sexy. Wow, the Kiss necklace is actually really cool. You know, again, a similarity of the two of us. Go back to that picture there, Vic. If it, I had. A necklace, but instead of kiss, it was the cars. Oh, the same one though, you know. But but I definitely had sort of a similar haircut. How did the grill get busted there? Was that some sort of bam fight? Yeah, it was a bicycle wreck. Oh boy! Listen, man, I wiped out on my bike so bad, Ryan Roxy, when I was (laughs) seven years old. It knocked out my two front teeth. And I hit so hard that my adult teeth that were yet to grow in, grew in, busted. <laughs> That's how hard my face hit the pavement. So, wow. Uh, yeah, All right. Thanks to uh, modern dentistry and a uh, couple of caps, we, we got that sorted out a little and later. You know, there was not even a single bike pad a single helmet there was nothing man there was nothing there i mean was it a motocross bike was it did you do motocross or was it 10 speed it was a piece of shit just like beach cruiser and i was like i was doing it like this for fun and i just dipped too far and wiped out too far man the the evil knievel three speed came later and that was a second bike crash so So you have that first band in ninth grade, but then we move on and, you, you know, you're you're joining the marching band as well. But in 87, you're uh, you join a band called Split the Dark and they were pretty popular um, in the South. Well, there you go. I wonder who you who sort of you idolized in that picture there. Again, Vic Chalfont's putting up a lot of great shots right there. If you put that p- picture up one more time, Vic, uh, you can see just the influence right there of uh, who Damon might be listening to these days or, yeah. or those days. That would definitely be a Van Halen sort of, you know, electric tape job. Did you do it yourself on that guitar? Did it myself. That 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 guitar covers two bases, Ryan. Uh-oh, we just lost Damon, and Damon went away. But don't worry, he'll come back. We're used to it, folks. This is the In the Trenches podcast. Hey. There he is. Are now he's there? back. Yeah, I'm back there. Hey. Now, you, you, you know, you just got to turn notifications off because I think if someone texts you or calls you, you do it hey, on your phone. Can you hear me, bro? I can hear you. I see I you. I can hear you. Yeah, I can hear you fine. You're good. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can't hear you. I've lost okay. audio. Well, why don't we do this? Go 
in the private chat, Vic, you tell him to, uh, or maybe text him and just tell him to sign out of the studio and then come back in. You know, there was a time, folks, when I would be freaked out when our guest wouldn't be able to hear me and we'd have bad internet and blah, blah, blah. But you know what? We're, we're well over 100 shows right now. So I, I just don't give a fuck. See, because I can say that kind of stuff right now because we're on In the Trenches and you guys are all enjoying it, right? We got Damon Johnson, uh, guitarist, singer, songwriter, and uh, member of current member of Leonard Skinner, as well as rebooting his own band, uh, Brother Kane. Uh, I've played with Damon over the years in uh, Alice Cooper Band. We actually made an album together called Dirty Diamonds. I'm not sure if we're going to be able to talk about every single thing, but you know what? You people brought in so many amazing questions that uh, I'm going to get to let the people speak earlier even though we have a lot of good uh, news coming up. I saw Damon sign on again. Let's yeah. see if he's back. Are you back, baby? Guys, I apologize. That was a rookie move on What'd my part. I did not mute uh, my notifications. So uh, it's going to happen. It's that has happen. been done. <laughs> um, sorry, brother. We were talking about... We talk about uh, split the dark because of how split you got into that. Yeah, that was one of the first bands that you got into, and the and they were pretty big on MTV, big in the South. How did that come about? Yeah, I had um, I was playing in a in a house band at the moment, and in North Alabama, that band did a one off show down in Birmingham on like a Tuesday night. A couple of the guys from Split the Dark just happened to come in that night, and they saw me play. And the timing was interesting because you remember at that moment, Ryan, every band, pop band, rock band, they were looking for everybody needed an Eddie Van Halen guy in their band. Even if you're playing pop music, you know, the police and Huey Lewis and whatever, you needed a shred guy. So they were like, there's our guy right there. And, um, and that's where that guitar, that Eddie Van Halen Explore tape job came about. Because you said that guitar had a little bit of a two-piece story to it. Yeah, that's what we were saying. I was going to tell you, man, that that was a Karina Wood Ibanez Destroyer. Those were amazing. Just those, those, like Ricky Those guitars. Mickey, Ricky Matlock. From yeah, fucking, Ricky, Ricky Medlock from Blackfoot at the time. At he, Blackfoot. Train, train. That's right. He played one of those. Medlock. So. I got that kind of because he dug it, but then someone had painted it white on the top. So that's when I've striped it like Eddie Van Halen. Yeah, dude, those Karina Ibanez uh, Explorers and V's were the reason that got Gibson kicked Gibson in the ass to start making really good quality guitars. Cause that was during the Norland era of, uh, of Gibson. And I think, you know, a lot of people are were complaining a little bit about the quality at that point. So those guitars, that one that you have, and man, that, I guess we have a section right now. Let's just leave it out there right now. Let's just go all over the place because I don't really, you know, because we're on the Internet and because we don't have to have a specific type of uh, schedule. Let's go into the one that got away right now, because this is a very important segue, because that guitar might be the one that got away. Vic, you got that? There you go. See, because I, I, I don't want to forget stuff, you know, while we're talking, because we get so much going. I, we do get a little bit sidetracked in the trenches. I mean, you'd think you wouldn't because you're in a fucking trench, but you're, you are. And the thing is, with the one that got away, uh, 
the late great Stanley Gable gave us this idea. He said, ask your guest if there's an instrument, there's a, a piece of equipment, maybe it was an effect, an amplifier, maybe a guitar in this case, I'm not sure, that was either lost, stolen, or you had to sell that you wish to God you had back. Man, that's an easy question to answer, Ryan. It's that jazz master in that very first photo you showed oh. of my garage band. That, that guitar was such a peach and, you know, it just wasn't anything remotely close to the bands that we were worshiping at the moment. It wasn't a Les Paul like Gary Rosington played. It, right. cer it certainly wasn't a Flying V or an Explorer. And, and, you know, and it wasn't a hot rotted, you know, throw together, you know, a warmeth body with a Chandler neck and a Floyd Rose on it. Right. No like hockey stick neck. But the thing is, I think maybe the only one playing one of those back then that we would have like sort of been into as well, because I was into it as well, Elvis Costello. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Buddy Holly, Elvis Costello. Just <laughs> just for those two guys alone, I should have kept that guitar. Now, what happened to that guitar? Did you have to sell it or did you just trade it away? What went down? Traded it. Traded it. Got I did get my first Marshall. I got a I got a 212 Marshall combo. Uh, and that guitar was used in that transition. But I still think the guy at the music store made out the best in that little yes, swap. Oh, I love it. So that so that Eddie Van Halen, it, it got you into the guitar, the Karina V. Um, Ricky Metlock, and I said his name, I said Matlock, which I'm sure he will probably arrest people because uh, he, <laughs> he is a cop if you mispronounce his name like that. Um, all that led you into... Um, a couple of years later where you're performing with band with bands like Chinatown. And that's where my buddy, Eric Dovin, your buddy comes into the play. And uh, then shortly thereafter, brother Kane. So what was that sort of sh uh, transition from Chinatown to brother Kane? Brian, an important part of that story is between split the dark and brother Kane. I was in two other bands. Uh, in 88, I was in a band out of Atlanta called Witness. And in 89, I played with a band out of Memphis called the Delta Rebels. Both of these bands already had record deals before I joined. So they were putting a band together so they could go out and tour and promote the record. A lot of good. Oh, wow. Look at that. There's a there's a Witness era shot, man. That's a Vic. witness era shot. Nice. That and, Vic and, is killing it, man. And you know I, what the thing is? Shout out to Vic Chalfont for doing this because he's only doing it with one eye. Too. <laughs> I'm telling you, imagine what if he had two eyes. We'd be we'd be seeing this shit in like 3D. I love so, it. So I'll tell you this, Ryan, in a nutshell. I was observing so many things in those two bands. Witness was signed to Arista. Delta Rebels was on Polydor Records. Obviously, they did a lot of things right, but there were a lot of things that they did wrong. And I was just kind of soaking this up like a sponge. So, so after the Delta Rebels, I came back to Birmingham full time. I went and met with the manager of Split the Dark, who is still a great, great friend to this day, Conrad Rayfield. He said, what do you want to do next? I said, I want to put my own band together. If those guys can get record deals, I can get a record deal. <laughs> no, no. And it literally started like that, man. And so we put a band together. We went through some singers. 
went through some drummer changes. Uh, it took about a year and a half before we wound up with the four guys that that were Brother Kane, and we signed. When, with when did you realize? When did you realize that? Hey, I'm going to be the singer of this band. I had to be pushed into that, bro. I, I never unbelievable, man. You got one of the best voices I've ever heard and you have to be pushed into it. Damn. Oh, thank you. Thank you for saying that, Ryan. Yeah. Look, I wanted to be a guitar Lord. I wanted to be, you know, Joe Perry, freaking, you know, Jimmy page, those guys. That's all I did, man, was play guitar and write riffs. And, you know, I, I had my chops together. I mean, look, that was how we got the development deal in the first place is Virgin records thought enough of the band and the songs we had at the time to sign us minus our singer. And they said, we're going to help Damon find a singer to write some more songs with. Mm-hmm. So one night that A&R guy was in Birmingham to kind of check our progress. And he heard me sing three songs to give our singer a break. And also ironic. Uh, those three songs were uh, Melissa by the Almond brothers on acoustic guitar. Uh, she talks to angels by the Black Crows. Very soulful, song. great song. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And Jailbreak by Thin Lizzy. Thin Lizzy. Wow, <laughs> I love it. That's your and, audition tapes got you the gig, got you the eventual amazing deal. Yeah, man. So it was. Um, yeah, I had I kind of backed into that, and I resisted right up until the end. And uh, credit to my bass player Glenn Maxey from Brother Kane. He was the one that said, "Hey, man, pushed you." Yeah, he said, you should do this. He said, because you don't sound like anyone else. You, you've not been trying to copy somebody. You just yeah. sound like you sound. So that maybe was that is your that is your little special uh, superpower is that you come into the band. And, and I can tell this from experience um, is that, you know, you not only come in prepared musically, but then you come in with that voice that is going to strengthen any sort of lineup. And then, you know, when you take over as a lead vocalist i mean it just it just really is powerful i've, I've known a couple people like that i mean uh orianthi's another uh musician guitarist that i played with that like hey man i heard her play her chops she's awesome blues player she's played some great lead then she actually you know just said let me sing one a little bit you know during sound check and i was like holy crap <laughs> these people <laughs> people sound great so uh, uh yeah and, and speaking about that experience and those two bands that brought you to brother came that is one thing i always say you cannot teach experience and when you were in those other two bands you were just gaining experience finding out what's the right thing to do maybe what's not the wrong what's the wrong thing to do and you put it those lessons into your own band that's cool Ryan, let me tell you something really fortuitous that happened in that time period. So I was in the Delta Rebels. The singer invited me to come to a meeting they were going to have with their lawyer. And I go, cool, man, I'll go. So it was the singer, myself, the man, the producer, and this lawyer guy. His name was Fred. So we go to the Peabody Hotel in Memphis, have this meeting. I just sit there. I don't say a word. But I'm observing this attorney and I'm like, man, this guy is the most pro cat I've ever had a conversation with. I had the moxie to ask him for his phone number. I said, Fred, would you mind giving me your number? And he goes, sure, Damon, I'd love to give you my number. You know, 212. So clearly he's from New York. (laughs) So. I stick it in my, my little day runner. Remember those, those things oh, yeah, I used yeah, to yeah. have before cell phones. So I wrote it yeah. in the day runner. 
I get on with my business. A year and a year later, I've put the the new band together for my thing, which was ultimately going to become Brother Kane. My buddy Conrad, my manager, he goes, "All right, we got the band, we got the songs. Now what?" I said, "I've got this phone number in my day runner. Let me go find that day runner." Yeah. This guy Fred happened to be Fred Davis, son of oh. one Clive, Clive Davis. Davis. Wow. I, I straight up cold called him, called this number. Yeah. Of course, the receptionist answers, rattled off the name of some fancy law firm. And I said, hey, this is Damon Johnson. I'm in Birmingham. And I met Fred. And yeah, could I talk to him? And she goes, please hold. And I thought, he's not going to answer. <laughs> Fucking guy picked up the phone, Ryan. Did that start your whole networking career? Because honestly, dude, I've seen it in action, folks. I've seen Damon Johnson. He could he could sell ice to the Eskimos. You know what I'm saying? Because he, he you, you get in a conversation with him. It's not just a phone number he's giving you. It's basically the deed to his house that you're giving him because he can charge. He's got a really good persuasive. And you know what? I think that again comes from experience because it started way back then and it worked out. Hey, and it's good advice, dude. When you see the opportunity for something, don't and and don't get me wrong, folks. Damon never oversteps, but he he's assertive and ask for that number. Don't because if, you know what? Maybe there isn't a second chance to get that number. And maybe that if you didn't get that number at that point, maybe that wasn't the key to what uh, ends up unlocking the whole mystery right yeah man well i learned some great lessons from my parents ryan my dad uh was a farm equipment salesman for 50 years there you go and i used to he would let me travel with him to some of these other counties in alabama to go visit these dealerships and i would observe him man i would see him how personable he was he was always taking notes. He would give him a card with his, you know, a guy would be in need. He would be struggling with something. And dad would say, hey, man, we're going to solve this. Let's figure this out, you know. So what an example. I mean, you would have never yeah. thought to connect the dots. Like, well, this is going to help me have a career in music one day. No, networking, dude, being able to hang in the room. We've always said that. We said, you know what? Sometimes it's being able to hang on the bus, which is just as important, if not more, than learning the parts and learning the, you know, show up on time and learn how to hang with the with the person with the personalities that, that might be uh, you know, just large, large personalities. Well, Ryan, I mean, Again, man, I'm so, this is so much fun for me to be on this with you. And thank you for having me. Uh, He's doing I, it. I'm going to no, give him the deed of my house. I guys, no, swear listen, to God, folks. I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to jump too far, but something you just said, it shines a light on, you know, what would later be the Alice Cooper experience. Dude, dude you were there. You were in the room when I came and auditioned. When I tell you, I had no idea what I was doing. I like, I didn't come in there with any expectations. I thought Eric Dover had lost his mind by leaving <laughs> the right. Alice Cooper band. Right, 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 right. So I was just in this kind of state of what the fuck is going on? What is happening? This is all crazy. Um, but something you said a minute ago was just a reflection kind of, of like, man, if you'll just show up, if you'll just show up, be prepared and say thank you and be be easy to work with 
brother, incredible things can happen. Yeah. You can you can all of a sudden wind up in an audition for Alice Cooper's band. You might get the gig and it might change the course of your entire life. I love it. Yeah. That's what happened, bro. That, that day you were in the room. It changed everything for me, man. Well, I'm glad I was glad that I'd be witness to that. That's really cool, man. Uh, we're here with Damon Johnson and also in the chat as well. Hey, there's the there's a little some demo recording going on with Alice Cooper uh, in khakis. I would not really expect that. Dude, do not show a picture of Alice Cooper in khakis, Vic. Shame on you. What are you doing? I didn't even know he owned that color. That's a, but there it is. Um we have also, I saw just now, uh, and I got to make things happen to actually quote Dennis Dunaway because he was saying the same thing. Ask for that business card, make that opportunity happen uh, and get that number if you can. If you're uh, looking for some sort of break, you know, do it the Damon Johnson way, man. You be polite, but you also be assertive. And I love it. And that's what we're going to do right now. We're going to take a really quick break with one of our sponsors. I believe it's going to be Buyer Dynamic because I am using their headphones and their microphones right now. And we will come back with more Damon. Damon Johnson in part two, where you guys get to ask a lot of questions as well. So thanks for being in the trenches. Hello, Ryan Roxy here, host of the In the Trenches podcast. And I also play guitar for Alice Cooper. I just wanted to take a second to talk about what mic you're hearing me speak through and what headphones I choose to listen to all my audio with. My go-to podcast and live performance mic is this TG V70 dynamic vocal mic. And when I'm recording acoustic stuff, I'll always mic it up with the Biodynamic M160 double ribbon mic. I listen to everything with the DT1770 Pro headphones, unless I'm out and about. That's when the Aventa wireless headphones really make listening to music, podcasts, or any other audio app that's on my phone ultra high fidelity and latency free. Check out their official site or the links below in the description of this video to find out more about what makes Biodynamic a musician's choice in pro audio mics and headphones. Now, let's get back into the trenches for some more rock and roll. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the ride. There we are back into the trenches with Ryan Roxy. I'm your host. And of course, we got Damon Johnson with us. And that was a shaven Ryan Roxy in that last ad right there. But if you're not listening to us on an audio broadcast, you wouldn't see that. And now you see that uh, in both. Damon and I are, have gone for the apostle look. We are the uh, 13th and 14th apostles, um, apparently. Apostle Damon. Hey, man, I'm, listen, I'm, I am Southern Rock Jesus, brother. There you, there you yeah, go. I love it. <laughs> Uh, I, I just got turned on to uh, I just got turned on to mustache like conditioner to make it softer. I don't do you use that with with yours? Have you? Man, I'd, sometimes I'll just put straight conditioner on it. My wife is like, you better soften that thing up or you're shaving it off. <laughs> yeah, I, my, my wife is in so many words. Just you're shaving it off. It's not not soften it up. So I, I'm trying some some words of uh, I'm trying some different things to see if we can get uh, team stash. To, to stay long to hang around tour. yeah He's looking good around. man You're thank you very good. much as well as well you are and we both got the uh we both got the glasses um are we uh are we did yours do these no uh, wow no yeah but the thing i love about these ryan is they do this they'll just sit right there on my neck that's nice like that's the arms are tight enough that i can just see chuck garrick smart. chuck garrick our boy chuck. Chuck will buy like the little little rope or a little, yeah, yeah, little yeah, yeah, lanyard. And I'm like, I'm never doing that under no circumstances. <laughs> Am I walking around with reading glasses? There's that boy. Look well, at that guy. 
True story. The other night uh, on stage, uh, Chuck Garrick had his readers uh, like on his uh, on his like right 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 there. Like, how do you do that when you put it on your on your T-shirt yeah. up until long past the drum solo? <laughs> and so you know that the show's almost half over by then. And he goes, "I just realized that I had my readers on." And I go, hey, "It's a cool look." I've done that. Some, sometimes I just I, I wear them on stage because I can't, you know, if, you, if you're reading lyrics or cheat sheets and stuff like that, if we're doing a Goon Squad show, I got to do it. But um, That's do, you ever, do you have contacts or do you, are you just uh, you just kind of like old eyes like mine? Just old eyes, man. Yeah. I'm grateful. I still have I still kind of have my long range sight, but it is starting to go as well. But uh, I don't know, man. Contacts might be in my future. Well, I can see a lot of things uh, in the future that are bright for you. And I'm going to do something because I'm looking at this whole thing. I'm looking at this uh, script that, that the amazing people on the team have put together. Thank you, Federica. Thank you, uh, Vic, for helping me out with this today's script. But, I mean, there's so many bands that if we were to, like, go into each and every one, there would be, like – it would be a mini series. It would be a, a, a 10 part Damon Johnson mini series. And there's just another one that Vic just put a picture of Damon and the welfare. But what I want to do right now is I want to just mention a band. And if you can, maybe a one or two words that you kind of have a vibe for this band. Cause there's a lot of them, dude. And you've been played a lot and I might miss some, but uh, you know, we've already gone over a little bit of brother Kane and Alice Cooper. So I won't, I won't, We'll talk more about that in a little bit, but let me ask a couple of these other bands and you just gave one or two words to yeah. uh, your feeling of it. Whiskey Falls. Yeah. I live in Nashville, Tennessee now because of Whiskey Falls. Uh, I would have never been a part of that had it not been for my boy, Buck Johnson. Great right songs, great potential. Uh, a lot of people still love that band to this day. Our producer uh, was asking if Damon Johnson and Buck Johnson are related, and that was the name. And that was part of the reason for the name Brother Kane. Ah. Now that's he's really going down the conspiracy theorist uh, rabbit hole on that one. But you know that this will this will kill a lot of birds with just one stone, um, because fact or fiction? Are you and uh, are you guys brothers? That is fiction. Buck Johnson just happens to have a very cool last name. <laughs> yeah. All right. But, now. but we, we are, we've always said we are brothers from another mother because he is, he is my soul brother and so talented, as you said at the top of the show, man. He's just so special, okay. hugely important person in my life. He's brought so many great things to me. Uh, um, as you might remember, between Brother Kane and Alice Cooper, I played guitar for John Waite for a short period of time. That was going to be one of my – so there we clicked up another band off the list. So, John Waite, how was that experience in one or two words? John Waite is in the top ten greatest singers of all time. I will, I will put my cowboy boots on Robert Plant's coffee table and argue <laughs> that any day. That guy is one of the greats. So, so like, he should be bigger, man. And if John was sitting here, he would go, yeah, I'm a little lazy. I, I just don't go after it like I should. That guy's such a great singer, so many great songs. I've heard of a lot of Southern euphemisms. I've never heard of, I will put my boots up on Robert Plant's coffee table to argue a point. That's the first time. Is that, did you invent that? It's amazing. No, you know, I, I'll tell you where I got that. I got that from a Steve Earle interview. Steve Earle was talking about Towns Van Zandt. 
the great Towns Van Zandt, the yeah. songwriter. And he said, Towns Van Zandt is the greatest songwriter of all time. And I'll put my cowboy boots on Bob Dylan's coffee table. <laughs> there you go. You just twisted it a little bit. I love it. That is a fact. Let's give, right. let's, let's give credit where credit's due. Yeah, yeah, you do that. That's amazing. Let's let's go for another band that you've uh, had associations with, uh, Faith Hill. Ah, man, that was a fluke, total fluke. Um, thanks to a monumental, towering figure in my life, one Marty Fredrickson. Oh yeah, uh, Marty. There would be no Brother Kane had it not been for those songs that Marty and I wrote together, Ryan. Um, really? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Marty's been a big part of the show vicariously the last few weeks because we had John Karabi on just a few uh, episodes ago. And if you guys want to go check that out on our YouTube official channel, you obviously can. But yeah, John Karabi was talking about how he's writing songs with uh, currently with Marty Ferguson. So how did that relationship between you and Marty form? Yeah. So when I had that development deal with Virgin, uh, we had also signed with uh, Virgin Publishing. They would send me tapes, Ryan, of different songwriters to to collaborate with. Everybody was trying to write You Give Love a Bad Name, you know, phase two. No disrespect to Bon Jovi. I was obsessed with Guns N' Roses and the Black Crows. That's all I wanted to kind of, as far as what was happening currently. Gotcha. One of these tapes, it's, it had the name Marty Fredrickson on the spine. I put it in my car. The song sounded badass. The drum sounded incredible. Um, and I immediately reached out to the to the A&R guy and I said, hey, man, I, I got to meet this cat. So I took another trip to knock on the door. I opened the door and we looked like twins. We literally <laughs> looked like twins. Same height, same hair. We may have both been wearing combat boots and, and a flannel shirt. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And brothers uh, from the same mother, not another yeah, exactly. mother. <laughs> um, you know this, Ryan. Marty's one of the most talented people in our business. He's had an incredible career. And I get the honor, the distinction of saying, I found him first. He, he was my guy before he became Motley Crue's guy. Yeah. Aerosmith's guy. Oh, I remember you bringing him out to the uh, Greek theater one time when we were playing together with Alice Cooper. I think we were playing the Greek and you brought him out as a guest and, you know, you introduced him to the, everybody. And so, you know, just to, just to tie up the whole brother Kane uh, family that you have formed. And we have a similarity with our producer of that first album, Mr. Jim Mitchell. We have a, a, a definite bond in that because oh. J Jim Mitchell produced my first solo album, which is Dad's Porno Mag. And, dude, he would talk about Brother Kane all the time. And, and I know the reason why so many of those great sounds off of that Brother Kane album, he was able to sort of dial up with us in our album. Ryan, how did I not know that, man? <laughs> Jim Mitchell, baby. He's one Jim of our... Jim Mitchell. Listen, yeah. another monumental figure, bro. Uh, I mean, Love again, just a stroke of luck that we wound up with Jim. You know, Jim and Marty, they made that record happen, man. And, you know, there were a lot of parallels between Guns N' Roses and that first Brother Kane record. Some of the guitar tones, some of the songs. I mean, it's... Well, there's that connection. You're talking about, you know, you're obsessed with, you know, you, you're you're into, you're, you're 
uh, in being influenced by a lot of GNR and Black Crows. And Jim Mitchell was the engineer on those great GNR albums, you know. Yeah. And and I ended up working with Jim for many many years with Slash's Snake Pit because he was the main guy down there at Snake Pit Studios. So yeah. you know, Jim just went and and seriously, man, uh, Vic, can you put up uh, put up a picture of Jim Mitchell? Um, oh wait, he's now he's combing the yeah, internet with his, with his one eye. You know, <laughs> I, I shouldn't do that to you. I, I didn't. You saw it in the script, Jim, uh, Vic, but I I didn't know if uh, I was going to talk so much about Jim Mitchell. But I think, have you? When was the last time you had contact with Jim? We text. We text often, and uh, I just when I announced the the Brother Kane reformation, he was one of the first people to comment on it uh, on one of the socials and. I just love Jim so much, Ryan. He's just the sweetest well, guy. His family, his wife, Diane, they're just incredible people, man. And um, well, Absolutely. That, that's so cool that that he did Dad's Porno Mag. Somehow yeah. I had that that flew under my radar. That's that's great. Little did it about Jim and Diane. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, you know what? When you text him next, tell him that we, you were on the podcast. I say hello and that I have found Rod's Orange. I don't know will, exactly what we mean. <laughs> I will not forget to do that. That is right. deep, dude. That is like that is like a riddle in a you know enigma wrapped in a non-truth. <laughs> it's weird. So so there you go. So Faith Hill, uh, Ro uh, Fredrickson sort of brought you into that, right? Yeah, Marty. Marty was having real success at that point, and uh, he was. Um. You know, he, the record company's like, hey, we want to get Marty Fredrickson to produce this particular Faith Hill track. There's a great songwriter named Angie Aparo, and Angie had written this great song called Cry. I just happened to be on the West Coast. I called Marty to see if he wanted to go get lunch, and he's like, hey, man, did you bring a guitar? And I said, yeah. He goes, come over. And it was just like that. He already had the track built. Vinny Caluda on drums, Leland Scar on bass. You know, I didn't get to meet any of these guys, but they had already built the track. So, uh, I, man, I wound up playing every six-string instrument on that recording. Slide awesome. guitar, acoustic, yeah. rhythm guitar, all this stuff. and Jack of all trades, man. Yeah, man. Six months later, she was on, like, the American Music Awards performing it, and it's just... Yeah, man. And now, and now she's doing really good uh, acting on. Have you watched 1896? You watching a little bit of that? You could definitely be cast with the, with the beard and the long hair. You could be like sort of half cowboy, half Indian. You could be like one of those. You know, it's about the old west. Have you seen it? It's like sort of the prequel to uh, Yellowstone. Have you been oh, watching no, Yellowstone? I've heard, I've heard about it. I've just started Yellowstone. Everyone oh, is obsessed with that. it. That's Everyone. modern. That's modern uh, sort of a western, but. It, the prequel it goes back to i think it's 1893 or 1896 i am not sure which one but uh faith hill is in there along with her husband and oh, it's wow. great cast great everything so yeah. all right i'm going to move on right now uh one where oh dude, this is a good band there's so there's so many bands guys i mean i think i'm seeing sammy hagar damn yankees but i want to sort of pause and sort of give you a little time to reflect on one of your biggest uh sort of idols that you got got to play in eventually thin lizzie yeah man Damn. yeah yeah you know how'd you um, get the call not ironically i met scott gorham in 2006 on a london golf course with one alice cooper 
nice, man. And I guess, Ryan, I guess I was networking a little bit. Uh, Scott Doing that hit, thing. Scott Perfect. and I hit it off. He's like, you know, what else do you do besides play with Alice? Uh, I I had put a CD together. He asked me, he says, man, will you mail me that CD? I've got a radio show. I'll play it on the show and I'll be dead. This was the slave to the system. And I sent it to him and he, sure enough, man, he's playing it. And we emailed back and forth. Uh, 2009, when I came back to Coop after Whiskey Falls, I invited Scott to Hammersmith to see the Alice Cooper show. He came to that. And then two years later, there was a bill in Dublin, Ireland, Def Leppard, Alice Cooper, Thin Lizzy. I remember that gig. Wait, and no, that was after that was that was my, during my hiatus. So you, you yeah, were that was that during one. your hiatus. Yeah, yeah. So what I didn't know is at that moment, Richard Fortas, the great and mega talented Richard Fortas, absolutely playing in Thin Lizzy with Scott at that time, he was about to have to go back to Guns and Roses. Well. Tommy Hendrickson, the Lord that he is was standing in the hallway talking to Richard and Richard told Tommy that he was about to split and that Lizzie needed another guitar, was going to need a guitar player. And in that, I could just hear Tommy in that East coast accent. You guys should get Johnson that he could, he knows those 10 Lizzie songs better than anybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a pretty and, good, and, that's a pretty, you know, pretty good Tommy Hendrickson. Yeah, man. So then what do you mean? Yeah. What do you mean? So you got to get him. I guess, and I talked. I saw Scott that night. We took a photo. Uh, Brian Downey, the drummer, the legend from Lizzie, he was there. I was thrilled to meet Brian. The next week, Alice does a show supporting Iron Maiden at the soccer stadium in Helsinki. The Lizzie guys came to the show because they had the night off and they were going to play the next night. I think. Me, that and meanwhile, was, you don't know, you don't realize it, but that's your audition. That was my audition. They were all at the soundboard and, um, you know, in catering after the gig, their manager came over and said, Hey, you know, your name's getting tossed around. What do you think? And I just went, Oh my God, that would be incredible. I'd be thrilled. I can't do that, man. You know, Coop is going to Australia. I'm, you know, I'm going to, that would, that would put a, a wrinkle in, in the Cooper situation. I don't want to, I can't cause a problem like that. So I, we flew back home after that run, Ryan, and it was my wife, Linda. She goes, if you don't pursue this Thin Lizzy thing, you're going to regret it for the rest of your life. Yeah. This is, what, this is the band that you had the posters up. This is the yeah. band that you learned all the harmony leads to. This is the band that basically helped you on your entire journey. Huge influence, man, in every way. Guitars, writing, Phil Linus, lyrics, storytelling how to look cool, man. Oh my God. I had Scott go on posters on the wall. There was a girl that had a clothing store in Birmingham. I took her a Scott Gorham photo and I said, <laughs> how do I look like that? <laughs> Make me that. look like that guy. So, um, wow. yeah, man, it's just, it's just, it's been a dream. It's been a and dream, man. Scott is, is a legend. Those songs are timeless and special for a guitar player, you know, it's a toss-up, man, between playing those original Alice Cooper band songs and playing those Thin Lizzy songs, man. Just timeless, special, special. Yeah. 
like I said, the, the list of Damon Johnson's bands go on longer than this podcast has uh, a time. I think I think we'd actually spend up most of the rest of the internet if we just talked about <laughs> the rest of all these bands. But I'll just quickly name just a few more because I think uh, from Thin Lizzy, Black Star Riders comes about as well. And then then you have solo artists like you know, Caleb Johnson, Jason Bonham. Uh, we already mentioned John Waite, um, Skid Row. Um, the, the, like I said, the list goes on for folks but now it is time and then that's just being a part of the band and being an important part of the band but then your contribution was songwriting damon because you know i did introduce you guitars singer songwriter you're writing with the likes of fleetwood mac stevie nicks uh carlos santana then you know another one of those bucket list bands that you talked about you got you got to write uh with your friend Buck Johnson, uh, Steven Tyler, uh, you know, you got to work with him. And, uh, dude, what's that whole approach when you go into writing songs for basically these people that you've um, pretty much been inspired by your whole career? Well, you know, the two, the two most significant songs out of all that, Ryan, is uh, called Every Day that Stevie Nicks recorded. Yep. And then, and then Just Feel Better that I co-wrote with Buck. That Carlos, right? yeah, Carlos Santana and Steven recorded it. In both those cases, the song Every Day, I was writing with my friend John Shanks. This was right after Brother Kane had split up. I wasn't sure what I was going to do next. So I wanted to write another batch of songs. Just because that's what songwriters do, man. You write. You don't know really what, what's going to lead to next. And I had about 15 tunes, and Every Day was one of those songs. John was managed. I'm sorry, John was playing guitar with Melissa Etheridge, whose manager also looked out for Stevie. John found out Stevie needed one more song for her record. So John sends her a CD of, with like 20 songs that he had co-written with that various people. Stevie picked every day. She goes, I love this song. Can I record this song? Um, a fluke, man, a total fluke. A song, a, a lyric I wrote about Linda. We we weren't even married at the time. We were still dating, and um, just one of the great honors of my career, man. And then we were writing a song for Buck Johnson. Uh, Buck and I were on the road with John Waite. We had a day off in the hotel. We started this song, sounded pretty good. Buck took it to Jamie Houston later. Jamie delivered an incredible lyric, Ryan. And uh, they sent me the demo and it was so heavy. It was powerful, man. Just an amazing song. And I was like, guys, I, wow, you, you took this to the stratosphere. Six, <laughs> month, six months later, Jamie Houston's walking it into Clive Davis. Clive takes it to Carlos. Carlos calls up Steven and that's Bam. how that's, that's how that stuff happened, man. I'm, I love I'm just, it, man. Just really well, grateful. There it is. And now enough of my questions. It is time for the people to speak because like I said, folks, we have a very special episode here with uh, brother Kane vocalist and founder Damon Johnson, as well as playing. I've said all the bands before, but you could, you could say bandmate with Alice Cooper, Leonard Skinner, mm -hmm. then Lizzie, the list goes on and on, but now it's time for the people to speak. So, yeah, and we have some nice celebrities. Like I, I already said, uh, we had covered with Scott Lips. Uh, 
you know him from uh, about the Brother Kane revamp. But uh, we also have a very special question from at Hurricane Nita. And those of you that follow uh, at Hurricane Nita, you know that that's Nita Strauss. Uh, she is asking, how did it feel singing harmonies with Sarah McLaughlin? <laughs> <laughs> and did you have to do it with a puppy in your hands? <laughs> I... Love me some Nita Strauss. Please say hello to her for me, Ryan. That, Absolutely will. That girl's rocket is moving at such a pace. I can't even get her and, and Josh on the phone anymore. No. Um, she, she's on a Tesla, dude. She actually owns a Tesla, so she's literally on the Tesla rocket. On the Tesla the rocket. <laughs> Ryan, I have been so grateful to be a part of Shep Gordon's fabulous annual charity for the Hawaii Food Bank, the Maui Food Bank uh, in Hawaii. I was there one year. Yeah, there it is. Oh, that is such an That's amazing enough, Vic, because you were going to get... We're gonna get clip, Vic. Hold on, there, friend. <laughs> pretty good. He doesn't realize things like like you can only show a certain amount, and then they'll clip our whole entire uh, podcast. And Vic's shaking episode. his head. You know, listen to me, one eye. Listen to me, pirate. I know you might be pirating that thing, but I know we can't be putting too much music on there. But that was probably footage from the um, the actual food bank uh, show that you sang with it. So, what were your feelings with singing harmonies with Sarah? Sarah is one of the great artists of our time. She's such a great singer, a great human. And you, you've been a part of those things way more than me, Ryan. You know how it works. In the, you never know who you're going to play with. Hour, yeah. In the 11th hour, Shep says, okay, guys, Sarah McLaughlin is going to be here. Uh, well, I need you to learn these two songs. And it turned out being one song, which is one of my favorite of hers, a song called Building a Mystery. And we had a rehearsal in the afternoon and uh, I asked her, I said, Hey, Sarah, do you want me to sing that, that backup vocal? She goes, Oh, that would be great. Yes, please. That would be great. And it was all super fast. We had 10 minutes, you know, Again, you know, you know how those things are. Well, dude, I, I've been able to have a lot of my bucket list moments met with those uh, those New Year's Eve jams. I got to, you know, play Walk This Way and Sweet Emotion with Steven Tyler and also, you know, sitting on the dock of the bay with Steve Cropper, you know, one of the one of the guy that co-wrote it and, and just, you know, just one of many. And and then plus you get to, you know, be in the mere presence of Bob Rock, just in the mere presence <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just knowing that he's that behind one of those keyboards is Bob Rock, and he and I'm Bob sorry. thinks, and I'm, Bob sorry, thinks I'm taking is... the taking the piss. I'm not. I really do respect him. Come on, dude. He's a producer of the Black Album. That's all. Enough said. And well, of listen. Course... Let me let me put a let me put a period on Nita Strauss's question because Nita was okay. there. She was she was on stage with us when we performed it for the actual event and I step up to the mic and sing that background vocal with Sarah and Sarah's singing and literally turns and looks at me and smiles and nods like, awesome. That sounds yeah. great. 
See, I, I see Vic really wanted to play it, but I, I forbid him to play it because I want this episode to not be, you know, not be wiped from the uh, right. YouTube catalog. Yeah, you can right? find it. It's, it's out there somewhere. So, yeah. yeah. Well, there's, there's so many like rabbit holes that people are going to go down after this episode that, you know, just go Damon Johnson. What band has he been in? Google that and then you'll be there for two weeks. I'm telling you. <laughs> so um, Chris Vickery asked a question, which I think we kind of answered a little bit. Well, what was it like to play in Leonard Skinner after growing up in the South when they are on top? of the charts yeah man you know skinnard is like gospel music in the south it, it, it's omnipresent uh you know there's not locking you just, right. yeah there he is man there he is with that karina explorer thank you very much um wow nice yeah you know leonard skinnard music for for a guitar player growing up in the south especially the age that i am ryan you know like i remember when Sweet Home Alabama was a hit on the radio, like 74, yeah. 75. So not just when it, now it's been it's been playing ever since. If you think yeah, it's about been that. playing ever <laughs> since. Yeah, ever since. So, you know, if you if you put up a, like here's a list of the 100 greatest classic rock songs of all time or most successful. It's brother there. Leonard Skinner's got five or six songs in that list. It's oh, it's yeah. crazy. So oh, uh it, yeah, it, you can tell, man, it's all still kind of fresh for me. It's, I can't believe it's happening. It's just one of the biggest thrills of my life to stand up there and play those songs and, and play them in such a great band. The band sounds so good. And, you know, credit to Johnny Van Zandt. He's done an amazing job kind of helming that ship for almost 35 years now. It's incredible. Well, thank you very much for uh, answer, uh, asking that question there, Chris Vickery, and thanks for, for answering it, Damon Johnson. We are here with Damon Johnson on the In the Trenches podcast. Thank you guys for hanging out. We're here every single week, uh, week in and week out. We're still in the middle of our Let the People Speak uh, segment right now, but hit that subscribe button if you're listening to us on uh, our YouTube official channel. Uh, thank you very much for doing that. Even if you're watching us on uh, Facebook right now, get on off the Facebook and get on the uh, YouTube because we're trying to build up the family and the community here because we have the live chat. There you are. You're all there. So another question from at Trig55. You have left uh, some great bands. Um, you have left some great bands. Do you ever look back and have second thoughts? What a great question. There you go. What a great question. I can say with gratitude that I've never had any second thoughts. Um, the great Steve Vai talked about that one time in a magazine interview I read. He said, he said, listen, music is too special and life is too short to spend time looking back. I think someone had literally asked him, hey, man, do you regret leaving Whitesnake, which was a huge gig, yeah. massive gig. Uh, and especially for him at that moment, um, David Coverdale wrote a fat check to get Steve Vai in that band. <laughs> and, um, and I, and it, and it, you know, that came to me at a, at a great moment. And I, and I, and I feel that way still, man. I, I've tried to, to maintain relationships with everybody from Alice Cooper, Black Star Writers, Slave of the System, Brother Kane, Whiskey Falls, you know, whoever, man, it, it cause it's really all about the music at the end of the day. So, uh, Maintaining like, those relationships is important. Yeah, man. No doubt. I've, I've been so fortunate to be a part of so many great bands. and uh, But yeah, I, you know, 
I, I'm, I'm just always looking, moving forward, looking ahead. What's next? What, onward what and upward. At? I love it. So let's move on with more questions from the people. Um, at Devin Ryan Vitek, uh, what was it like to do the Thin Lizzy show with Richie Faulkner? And Richie's been on our podcast. Again, if you want to check out that episode, it's just go on to Ryan Roxy official YouTube channel. But we're here with Damon Johnson talking about his gig with Thin Lizzy and Richie Faulkner. Yeah, man. So Devin's talking about a podcast uh a podcast a live stream we okay. did during the pandemic uh we were just about to release the battle lessons album with my my band damon johnson and the get ready so i had this idea that we would do a tribute to thin lizzie because richie had just moved to nashville we've been great friends for many many years and Richie had said, hey, man, if you ever want to do something, you know, if you need me or you want to do some jam, let me know. So I was like thinking of things. I was like, wow, what if we did a Thin Lizzy tribute? Um, it was the 50th anniversary since Thin Lizzy started in high school. Phil Lynott and wow. Brian, Brian Downey went to high school together. Um, you know, Ryan, your viewers know Richie Faulkner is one of the great guitar players of our time. That guy yeah. is a monster talent. And he's a great, great friend. Uh, great human. Of, of just mine. a great human. Great human. So when I reached out to him about that, he got fired up. The, my band got fired up. So we spent some time shedding those songs and working them up. And it was extra fun for me, Ryan. I already knew how to play most of the songs, but to sing them and play them was just a blast. And uh, Richie, Richie killed it. Listen, man, he was, he was playing some of that John Sykes stuff that we don't play in Thin Lizzy anymore. Partly because John Sykes is too much of a badass. <laughs> well, we had a great question with Richie when we asked him, like, like, could you have done the gig, the priest gig with, you know, just one guitar? He's like, I think I probably could have. I probably, you know, I, I would have done those, some of those harmonies. I could have like figured it out. And I love, it wasn't arrogance. It was fucking confidence. And that's that fine line between arrogance and confidence. Because no one will ever look at Richie Faulkner and think arrogance. But you think shit loads and shit tons of confidence. And I love that. Well, Richie's Richie is like uh, he, he's like a great professional athlete, man. He puts in the time. He's he's shooting free throws every day. You know, he's he's running laps. He's doing everything that it work. takes, man, to stay at the top of your game. He's he's an inspiration. I love it. Well, here we go on um, Federock, our uh, own script survive, uh, supervisor over here, and. Uh, also part of the RGA team. She has a question. You contributed to the making of a Thick Skin album and by co-writing three songs. How did the collaboration with Skid Row begin? Yeah, that was awesome. Um, 1995, Brother Kane got the incredible experience of supporting Van Halen on their balance tour. And on, Who was singing? Who was that? Was it Van, Van Hagar? That was, was, that was Sammy. Hagar. That was okay, Sammy. Okay. Um on about six or eight of those shows, Skid Row was added to the bill. And that's the first time I'd ever met those guys. And I just really hit it off instantly with Snake, Sabo, and Rachel Boland, all the guys, Scotty, everybody. Well, as, you, as we all know, shortly after that, they had split with Sebastian. And they were working on another record. I was blown away, man, when I got a call from from Bolin and he said, Hey man, you want to get together and let's co-write some songs. Uh, Cause at that time they, they didn't have another singer. They weren't sure what they were going to do. They knew they were going to keep moving forward. So uh, that's how that happened. 
So I drove over to Atlanta and uh, Snake and Rachel and I wrote those three songs. All three quality songs, man. There's one song called Ghost that I said forever, man, I'm going to, I want to record my own version of it. It's such a great, great, great Rachel Bolin lyric, man. What a great lyric. Oh, again, Rachel, another alumni of In the Trenches. So you want to check out that episode if you want to find out more about Rachel and Skid Row. And we're here with Damon Johnson. Uh, you know, and big shout out because it's it's a timely question. It's a good question because Skid Row is just releasing a new album. I believe their single comes out today or this week. And I just got a text from one of my buddies in Sweden who uh, our mutual friend Eric Gronwall, the singer of Heat is now the new lead vocalist of Skid Row. And folks, Eric is amazing freaking vocals. I don't know if you know Eric personally, but he's amazing vocals. He's going to do great with Skid Row. I actually uh, texted Rachel. I said, congratulations on getting Eric. He's going to be an amazing band member. See, man, I'm so drowning in activity these days, Ryan. I didn't know. I guess they've made the announcement that Eric is the is the singer. Yep. Because yeah. I, I, I came out today, it. actually, I think it might have come out today or, or it might come out a couple days ago. So it could be. Let's awesome. just say it's groundbreaking news, everybody. If you're in his chat right now. Uh, yeah. Eric uh, is the new singer of Skid Row, the lead, uh, former lead singer of Heat and just an all around great dude. And wait till you see what he brings to the table with this. It's going to give him a lot of energy. I'm telling you. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Happy for those guys. Absolutely. And let's let's move on to one last question from at our kiss. R.S. Kiss, sorry there. Uh, do you prefer uh, using many styles and brands of guitar or sticking with the one? Because uh, if we go full screen, I love the fact that you have that beautiful Les Paul right behind you. Oh, uh, thanks, man. And you've always been, for me, a Les Paul, uh, fellow Les Paul player. But uh, answering this question, is, do you prefer different styles and brands or do you stick with the one? Well, another great question. Uh, I've loved Gibson my whole life. My dad had a Gibson acoustic. He also had a Gibson electric uh, ES330, which I am proud to own uh, to this day. And I always played Gibsons in the beginning. Again, all my heroes played Les Pauls. So that's been kind of the pivotal guitar. Not ironically, shortly after I had the good fortune to join the Alice Cooper band, uh, I did work with the incredible folks at ESP Guitars. Oh, yeah. We had a great, uh, man, five, six years. Um, and I kind of inherited that because of our, our buddy, Eric Dover. Eric had been working with ESP. And so those guys make great guitars. I, I still have that. Matter of fact, I have one right here. I've been, there uh, you go. It, I keep this one in standard tuning. Uh, everything else is half step down. Um, but yeah, man, I those ESPs are great. But I'm I'm a Gibson guy to the bone. Uh, always have been, always will be. Uh, Do you have a go-to in... model? Do you have a go-to model that you go? Is it usually the Les Paul, or is it some other the other types of? I call them the big six. Whether it's the SG, the three three five. You you mentioned the three thirty, which is similar to three three five. Um, what, what what do you you know, or do you just go for the right guitar for the right song? So Les Paul, ninety percent of the time. There's my sixty-two SG reissue. Uh, that Ryan, that's such a great shot right there. Obviously, me and Coop. That's the guitar that I perform Freebird on with Leonard Skinner <laughs> because Gary Rosington, the only song he ever played an SG on was Freebird. And uh, authenticity, yeah, yeah. So I love that SG, and I have my own Karina Explorer, it's from 1983. 
Uh, and I've, I've been dragging that thing around. You know, I, I did a trade back in those days of uh, about the time I traded that Jazz Master. I traded a Jackson. I had a Jackson because we all love Randy Rhodes. I traded that Jackson for that Karina Gibson. Right. So, uh, so Damon Johnson, uh, pretty much a Gibson uh, tried and true, but he also uh, has dabbled in other uh, companies with ESP. And, uh, and I think we were at one point, we had a little bit of going together with uh, Crafter even. Uh, Crafter yeah. Acoustics. Remember, I, I thought we did an ad or two back in those uh, dirty diamond days. Hey, man, but those are great guitars, man. Those are great, great acoustic guitars. I just had a pickup repaired in uh, in my Crafter. That's a that's a quality instrument, man. There you go. I love it. We're sitting here talking equipment. We're sitting here talking bands with Damon Johnson. Um, it's going to be about time for us to roll. We're going to give him all his uh, time to give all the information out of where he's going and what he's doing and what he's up to right now. But first, as we do every single week, folks, we have a fan of the week. And those of you that have been uh, contributed and been part of the Roxy All Excess Pass, while we do this Alice Cooper tour, you're getting behind the scenes sort of episodes. You're getting behind the scenes footage, content that no one else is getting. Thank you for being a part of that. And uh, today's fan of the week sort of uh, is part of that. And we just want to give her some sort of cred. So, Vic, run fan of the week, will you? <laughs> Javons, Naomi Javons, there she is. This week's fan of the week, and I can see that. She is, what world are you in there, right there? Is that uh, Chuck Garrick's guitar world? I'm not sure, but uh, you know, <laughs> Naomi, congratulations for being this week's fan of the week. If you want to be part of the fan of the week, uh, not only you don't have to be part of the Roxy's All Excess Pass group, you can just go on to at Ryan Roxy or at In the Trenches, and you can start promoting what we're doing here at the podcast, so we can get more amazing guests like this one right there. <laughs> Damon Johnson. Uh, and again, next week, who's going to be our guest next week there, Vic? Um, before we take off here, we got uh, Vicki Hamilton. And I'm not sure, Damon, if you know who Vicki is, but she was one of the first managers of Guns N' Roses. But how did oh. you know? How do you know Vicki from or do you? No, I don't know Vicki, but I know she managed GNR in the beginning. And yep. uh, I've read some of her quotes and some interviews man i mean what a what an incredible story she has i mean those were those were to say those talk about those were historical <laughs> times i mean that was a historical moment and she was right definitely there. influential times and she was right in the eye of the hurricane so we've been talking with vicky hamilton that's on next week's uh in the trenches podcast but guess what uh damon johnson has a list of uh, social media platforms and contacts to uh, get in touch with him. For those that are listening on the audio broadcast, Damon, can you tell them the best ways to get in touch with you? Yeah, man, I try to stay, I try to, I try to stay connected folks. I, I, I don't pull it off quite to the aplomb that my buddy Ryan Roxy does, but <laughs> uh, everything is uh, at official Damon Johnson, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, I just got a TikTok account much to get the, out of here how much old are you to the, much to the chagrin of my 13 year old daughter she's furious oh, she's like don't she just she i know she probably just went cringe yeah yeah she probably cringe. used that That's word exactly cringe <laughs> but uh i do have a youtube channel at damon johnson official and then twitter is damon j official but really the easiest fastest way to see everything is at damonjohnson.com we just put up uh 
some of the Leonard Skinner dates I'm going to be playing this year. There's two there brother they are Kane. right now on the screen oh, right now, are. folks. Yeah, so. I got a couple brother Kane dates there. Uh, we just announced that Damon Johnson and the Get Ready are honored to support the great Michael Schenker. That's coming up in October. So, uh, what know, is Ryan, Damon Johnson and the Get Ready? Because that's something that you actually did a few shows with Skinner on, right? It's it, and is it more of a broken down acoustic thing, or what's what? Explain what Damon Johnson and the Get Ready is. Thanks, brother. Damon Johnson and the Get Ready is a balls to the wall power trio in the tradition of Pat Travers, um, King's X. Uh, you know, I, I made one record last year and put it out. Nick Raskulinich produced it. And Ryan, it is maybe the favorite record I've ever made. There it is, Battle Lessons. It's just so much guitar riffage, tempo, <laughs> energy, um, you know, and it's funny, man, because uh, my, my brother came bass player, Glenn Maxey, he called me one day. He goes, man, I'm kind of pissed at you. He goes, those should have been Brother Kane song. <laughs> <laughs> I said, well, you know, we'll write some more. We wrote. Yeah, wrote hopefully you reach record. back into the well and the well provides, man. I mean, yeah, man. But that I thank you for mentioning that. I'm so proud of that record. So the get ready. I'd love to have ongoing, man. It's like um, it's easy to put three guys in the suburban a Marshall half stack, some drums, a bass rig, and let's go play some gigs. There's a lot of places to play right here in a 300-mile radius in Nashville, so I love that. Damon Johnson, you're a survivor, no doubt about it, man. And it's all paying off because you got you seem like you have a very busy schedule coming up. And that's the thing. It's hard to keep up with all the different things. I, I It almost skipped over me, Damon Johnson, to get ready, but you got those gigs, you got – brother kane gigs for the reboot everybody wants to find out about that as well as classic leonard skinnard shows and that you get to be a part of basically adding contributing to a friggin legacy you've already given us so many good uh points so much in uh quotes inspirational quotes is there any sort of inspirational uh advice that you can give our other advice that you haven't given this to us already that you sort of live by and something that you think that is a good thing to pass on to our listeners and, and hopefully uh, they can get something out of it as well. Wow, man. That's another great question, Ryan, man. I kind of put everything at the feet of my incredible family. Uh, I am so nice. fortunate above everything. My wife, Linda, my five kids, I, I just became a grandfather two years what? ago yeah Come. my my oldest daughter heather she and her husband matt they uh they've been oh. married for 10 years man I, I i didn't think they were gonna have kids and they they finally did so you know as crazy as it sounds ryan i've always said that my family supports me they support me following my bliss uh this is a crazy insane business that you and i are in my friend and uh <laughs> They keep me grounded. They hold me accountable. Uh, not going to lie. Linda Johnson is looking at me slant-eyed right now. She's like that. What, three bands? Leonard Skinner and Brother Kane and the Get Ready. What are you doing? <laughs> but, uh, and I got a couple business that, cards right here that there might be uh, some opportunity. <laughs> yeah, right, right. That's right. That's right. But the, the the cool thing is all those bands are working on the weekends, brother. I get to be here at home with the kids, taking them to school every day. Uh, little Gabriel, by the way, Ryan, is graduating. Not so little high anymore. Oh He's graduating God, yeah. high school uh, next month. Yeah. 
Lennon Lennon graduated last year. Natasha Grace is graduating next year. So they, they, they so Gabriel was right in between the two of yeah. ours. So yeah, it's such a it's a, such a long, strange trip. It's been um, because we've been connected since early 2005 look um, at those guys yeah dude, look at that that was that lineup that we had with the dirty diamonds tour if you, if you go back to that uh, lineup that you had during the hiatus vic there was one with tommy and 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 i don't know what kind of filter chuck was using for his beard but i really like it there's a great steve <laughs> steve hunter and then you you have some sort of nice filter going on with the goatee but then the thousand and one haircuts of lon cheney tommy hendrickson yes folks that is tom <laughs> tommy hendrickson with one of his 1001 haircuts and of course glenn sobel looks exactly the same since 1983 look at oh. those guys look at those guys ryan i have to <sighs> brother i have to say this man um i feel like i feel like i might be the luckiest guy that ever played in the alice cooper band and i say that because over the five years that i was a part of it Man, I've played with some of the greatest rock musicians yeah, of all yeah. time. Alice knows to, how to pick them, right? I got to play with you and Chuck. Tommy Clefettis was the drummer in the beginning. Absolutely. Eric Singer came in right after that. Right. Uh, Carrie Kelly. Right. Monster talent. Uh, when I came back in 2009, the legendary Jimmy DeGrasso on drums, who I wound up bringing in the Black Star Riders with me. Steve uh, Hunter. Steve Hunter. Come on, uh, man. Uh, yeah. The original. Come on. Yeah, one of the originals. I love it. Steve I mean, Hunter. It's a legend. I, I, I... I, I lump Steve Hunter in as one of the originals because, I mean, you know how much I love Glenn and I love Michael. Um, Steve Hunter actually played on a lot of those. I did not know that until we had him on the podcast that, you know, I could hear it, but I didn't know for certain until I asked him. But that's Steve Hunter on that second uh, half of the solo in Billion Dollar Babies. Oh, I totally I, believe that, man. Yeah, yes, it, yes. Because because when you listen to it, you go, "Well, it's a, it's it's a little bit more Hunter esque." You know what I'm saying? He's got a little bit more, you know. So humble, so, so humble. That super guy. humble, super. What good a guy. talent, man! What a special, special musician. What it was. I was honored to play in that band. Tommy Glenn. I I'd never met Tommy or Glenn until that tour in 2011, and uh, I got to spend some time with Orianthi. A little bit of time with Nita Strauss at the, out in, in Maui. Just so many great musicians, man. Well, if you're the luckiest member of Alice Cooper, I'm the second luckiest member. I've been, it's been a pleasure having you on, Damon Johnson. Um, I look forward to our paths crossing somewhere on the road again. And uh, at one point, you know, we'll come back and we'll, we'll follow up on a few of these other bands. or we'll just see what the hell's going on. We'll do something like that on the trenches. Ryan, I would love that, man. Listen, bro, congratulations to you. You're killing it, man. I, f I feel your energy. Uh, I, I'm getting too old to work as hard as you are, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, brother. You, you're definitely, you know, you're piling in the suburban. You're playing gigs all the time. So you know what? I think we're all working hard. We're putting the work in every single day. Yeah. Uh, my bags are getting picked up in just a couple minutes, so I got to run out of here, folks. But uh, again, congratulations to our fan of the week, uh, Naomi Jevons, as well. 
And uh, next week will be Vicki Hamilton, our guest on In the Trenches. Again, thanks to our RGA team, Federock and uh, Vic. You've done a great job. Even with one eye, you have done an amazing job. Um, yeah. And we, we, of course, we love everybody that's in the chat right now. Make sure you tell a friend. Make sure you subscribe. And make sure we uh, keep growing this thing on the trenches so we can have, again, more amazing guests like Damon Johnson. Damon, thank you very much, buddy. Ryan, thank you, man. Say hello to everybody. Safe travels. I'll see you soon. I definitely will. And until next time, folks, I'm Ryan Roxy. Enjoy the ride. In the Trenches with Ryan Roxy. Hello. Moby, give him his guitars back.